welcome back to the Be More podcast. This is Brittany. Maria is currently moving, which I'm sure we'll touch base on eventually. So Maria, good luck to you with everything that's going on and considering the weather. Um, but I am here with a very special guest. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Um, and we will talk all about how we've crossed paths and how we've continued to cross paths for almost like, what, five years now? It's been a while. It really has. Longer than that. Yeah. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Dad. Um, I actually just want to say I love what um, you and Maria are doing, and I'm sorry that I didn't get to meet Maria. Uh, so good luck moving. <laughs> um, yeah, really. Yeah, it's, it's crazy out there. But um, I'm an English professor uh, by day, and uh, I teach literature um, and writing and research. And um, I have been working on gluten-free living for a little bit now. And um, I don't know. It's it's so funny to like talk about yourself, isn't it? I know. It's the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> the biography thing. Um, but Brittany and I met a while ago. I think I always think that you're like one of the gifts that yoga gave me. So I do. And I think about the things that you have taught me so much. Um, so thank you for that. But we did we did an energy exchange together. Yeah, we definitely did. And and it's funny because we did it and it was called an energy exchange, but we also had an energy exchange. So it was very serendipitous. It, I, and I actually like, I think the best part about it was just like the conversations I had with you were even more yoga than yoga. Yeah, that's very true. Every like, Sunday. All the people who were trying to pack into that room while we were there for sure. Yeah. Yes. My goodness. So we're going, I mean, I honestly really don't even, remember, I have very poor sense of time over the past decade. Um, but I honestly, I really don't even remember what time frame that, it was probably like, what, 2016, 2017, right? So we're going back a little bit, right five years now. Beginning, right, of 2017, does that sound right for your? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with yes, because I think I started, I think I started, we worked at a popular yoga chain together, um, and we took classes there, and we, I think it was funny because I think both of us went into it looking for what we got out of each other yes. like what we wanted from that place and I for me I felt like I never got it what I wanted from like that community but I was like oh I found Dara so this is fine yes and I would be happy to keep you as my community for yoga forever yeah it was well worth it <laughs> yeah um but pretty much to give people an, an understanding of like the program that we were a part of was we would show up once a week to help oversee scheduling and people checking into class and like cleaning up the space so that we could take yoga classes for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we did. Um, which felt so much better, I think, for me than just being a member. Yes. Just based on like the ideals of what it's really supposed to be like. But that was what we did. So we would check people in to classes and then sit there and talk about everything going on in life yep. Uh, yep. for that hour and 15 minutes. And then people would come back out and we'd clean up and then we'd be done. And that was our, you know, and sometimes we'd take class and it was great. And sometimes you would teach class. That's true. That, yeah, that was at that time. We yeah. should mention you, and I have taken a lot of yoga classes, but Brittany's the best yoga teacher ever. And I'm not saying Stop that because she's my, I'm not saying it because she's my people. Like even beyond being, being my person, my community person, um, what you, that class still, it's still, I think about it when I'm on my mat, when I'm off my mat. So, you know, 
Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I honestly, I have to tell you, I haven't all this is coming at such a funny point in my life because I just got off of like finishing summer camp and it gets so intense at the summer camp that I work out. And like, it really does bring out some of the the worst parts of me as a person, total honesty. Um, So this conversation is coming at such a good point because I always need to, this is my week where I get to kind of re focus myself, like re, I guess kind of instill some more like peace and serenity back into my life. And we were just talking before I started recording about the, all of the wedding stuff. I feel like all of those things that I so struggled to learn how to cope with and I carried into yoga and I learned how to cope with by like utilizing all of those skill sets that's developed in yoga. Mm-hmm. I haven't been tapping into recently. So this conversation is coming at such a great point to remind me that I have to go back to those things because it, hearing you talk about it and like all the times that we've talked about how our interactions have impacted both of us reminds me like, oh, you really need to go back to that. It's so funny. I started like so many journeys. I started dealing with so much stuff at the time when we were, I know you were too. Like we were both dealing with so much stuff in our lives yeah. at the point when like our, our paths crossed, but and I what haven't I- taught a big class in a while. And like, I feel like really? teaching requires, yeah. Cause I do all one-on-one stuff now. And teaching those big classes, like I get in a really good way, like nudged into having to think about all of those philosophies again and putting them back into my practice. So maybe it's a sign I need to go back to teaching bigger classes. Yeah, there's definitely, you, you know, talk about like an, an energy exchange, right? Like that's, that's so different. And one-on-one I think is, I find even in classes when there's one-on-one appointments, it's it's so draining. It is. And that's all I kind of do right now. So after a while, it does. It takes a lot. Like, there's, it does. it's nice to have the energy of a whole room mm-hmm. of people. Did you, yeah. did you finish your teacher training? No, I didn't. I actually never started. We're, did we go to that thing together? Did we meet there when, when we learned about the teacher training thing? I was already certified when we were there. You were. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we had started working together, um, there. It was months before that. So I didn't know if that's when you did it, but you didn't do it through there, right? You did it. Nope. And that's why I like, that's why Brittany only ever substituted and didn't yeah. full on teach major classes, which is, <laughs> under, we're speaking of talking about like marketing and branding and all that stuff, totally understood respect. Um, but I know that but not. Talking about wanting to, I, I know, but um, not. <laughs> we're talking but, about but you wanting to do it for a while. I do want to do it more so than teaching it. I want to sort of, I want to learn it that way. But there was something the first time I was like, I don't want to teach this because I don't want to, like, I want to be a student. Like, I want, I don't want that responsibility of yoga. Like, I want, I want to absorb it, if that makes any sense. And I remember you, you said those exact words all those years ago, too. You were like, I want to go through it because I want to have that understanding for myself. Yeah. Okay. That's totally valid. Like, I think because I, I teach all the time and I, and there's something like so nice about, there's a disconnection and a connection of being a student that being a teacher, it, it's a different feeling. So I love the connection of teaching. I love that, but I also am disconnected from parts of, of what yoga means to me when I'm there too. So, and I didn't, you know, we, we talked about this before, but I didn't want to do it there. You know, I want to do it where, where it feels right. 
because I want it to feed something. I don't, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to pay thousands of dollars to then make the money back. And I don't, I actually didn't, you know, now that we're talking about it, I kind of like the idea of different schools, different ways of teaching it being at the same place instead of just one, right? Yeah. So that's, I don't know. It, goes with the, it always makes me laugh because I feel like there's so much, it's the same thing in general teaching and like professional development. It's like, oh, we have to keep everything within the same bubble of like what our morals and values are and the way that we do it. And, and it's like, that's, that's how like humanity ceases to exist. Yeah. Like that's how we run into all the issues that we're currently facing right now in society is when we all say, we're just going to stay within our bubble and we're going to say that we're right. And we're going to breed a lot of like our beliefs and our values and our methods of teaching and exploring these things. And we're not going to open them up to others. And I, yeah, I think it, I I mean, I I totally understand everything and where you're coming from and and why and how to approach it. And you're a hundred percent right. There is, I value moments where I can be a student overvaluing moments of where I get to be a teacher Yeah, because there is, there's a, it takes a lot to step into a role where you're going to willingly say, I'm going to be responsible for somebody else in any way, shape or form. And when you do it as a teacher, you're stepping into a place where you clearly have to be able to say, I have some sense of knowledge or skill set that my student doesn't necessarily have and I am responsible for guiding them to building that skill set or knowledge. Yeah. And that's a lot of responsibility. And that that's a little like a little shout out to everybody in all teaching situations all over the world. All teachers. Yes. But it it sits in the back of your mind and you're you're right, you're not doing that for you. There is nothing for you in that situation. Um, and when it comes to yoga practice, it has to, it is very personal. Yeah. And if you can't, if you can't focus on what you need to do for yourself, you, you, you spend a lot of time making sacrifices. And I think it's, I think it's beautiful that you really understand that. And you're willing to be like, I'm not going to step into this role because I, I don't feel comfortable in it because of that. Because yeah. I know so many people, and even with general teaching too, they don't think that way, and it kind of muddies the experience for the student. Like it comes through as not being genuine or not being well intended or focused on them, and the right. teacher still tries to somehow make it about them, and that's not the that's not the point. Yeah, it's it is, and and I love I love teaching. I love talking about literature like that feeds me when I hear different interpretations and you know when I'm in a discussion with my students like that's the stuff that I can't believe that that's my job but your yoga yeah yoga's a different that's your real that's your energy that's like that's not like I'm talking about this one thing that for me anyway I'm, I'm sure for you that's like that's like the language that my body is speaking to me and that feels I don't know some people yeah. would say it's selfish, but it but it doesn't feel selfish to me. It feels it feels too important sometimes. It's, it's such a funny thing that I've been trying to deal with the whole idea of like the word selfish and how much we it's got such a derogatory <laughs> just everything attached to it now. Mm-hmm. And I think I say like hold on to that. Yeah. Because what things do you get to say? I'm being 
I'm, this is about me. Like, when, when do you get to do that anymore? Like, in a way that's not, that doesn't feel like it's some type of facade or, right. you know, isn't, like, meant for social media, which is another part of the yoga world that <laughs> that's is, is a dagger into my soul. But um, I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think you're totally right. I think, and, like, talking about that cultivating and helping people, like, the whole point of being a teacher and being in a setting is to be able to help cultivate the energies growing or, like, the connection of growth for the person who's on the mat in front of you. And it's, you, it's such a, it's such a weird thing to, cause I even, when I, this is why I kind of stopped doing group classes is because when I'm in a group class and I watch everybody else's body moving, I like want my body to be moving with them. And I don't, I don't think that is the best way to do it because I have a very different body than everybody else I'm teaching. And I don't want them to look at my body doing a certain thing and think I should look like that. Cause I see that in the dance world enough and I've seen all the havoc that that has brought. Right. So I like to be able to kind of sit and watch and see and move around. And it gets really hard to do that when you have 30 bodies in the room and two sets of eyeballs that you have to like split between all of them, which is why I moved into one-on-ones because I don't feel like I have to move my body at all in a one-on-one. I can really watch and observe and help them make adjustments and focus on cultivating that, development of connection for whatever in whatever shape or form it takes for them but it's not it's just not about you right it's just not about you and you have to be willing to to really give that up in a teaching setting and if that's the thing that you have where you're like I get to make this about me you shouldn't have to give it to somebody else right there's other and there's other things right like that you can teach that that don't feel so sacred right like like literature feels like a gift I could share with everybody but yoga does not not right now. <laughs> I, I think that's awesome. I think that more people need to spend time doing that. I think that we right now live in a world where everybody's like, oh, capitalism is such a wonderful thing. Maria, when you listen to this recording later, you're going to have so much fun. But um, I think that everyone's just trying to, we live in the information world, right? We've, we've, we've developed from this world of like of where the renaissance was and having product and having like physical things to now we're realizing, hey, we have technology and information itself is golden and highly valuable to people. And it's kind of like, okay, well, who knows the most information about what thing and what's the highest bid that you can take for this? And not every sense of thought or idea about anything needs to be monetized. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's so funny because the other side of it is like, it's, it's money. And then it's also like the horrible things that people do with information. Right. So like, it's, it's too terrible, yeah. <laughs> too terrible thing. Oh, yeah. and You're so right. You're and so yoga right. and literature are two, like the number one things that sit on that. So let's get it. If you guys are not, I've been pretty open about my, um, my stance on social media, like media in general, yoga. Um, but if for anybody who's listening, who's like, what are they, why are they talking about like yoga in media? Um, 99% of the things that you see on pictures on Instagram or on like content ads or things like that, that's not the point. Um, how much you can get into a handstand or how much you can contort your body and hold it in is not the purpose or intent of why yoga is practiced. And it's very, it's very hard to walk into a yoga class or any type of community that's deemed to be a yoga community and have that be the foundation of understanding of the practice 
and I'm I know literature is the same way right now. There's so much, there's we are in such a golden age of like resources in terms of like books and 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 just content of words and language, and sometimes even that gets taken to a point where it's like well we're kind of people love to use it to kind of defend their perspective instead of doing exactly what you said, which is like reading it, interpreting it, and seeing what other perspectives are available. Yeah. And that makes well, they, it they really limit it. I mean, it's, it's like when people, even, even Google's doing that, it, you know, like we're in our own little filter bubble, I think it, or, you know, some people say the echo chamber, but it, it's giving us what, if we're, you know, if it's following everything, it's giving us what we think back because, yeah. It wants us to stay. And I totally. I think about that a lot. If if literature, if we stopped talking about literature with one person's interpretation, we would miss everything. We would, you know, and it and it's classic and it's timeless because each generation should find something new in it. Or else it doesn't move. Then what are we doing? I think there's like a lot of room for listening and and you know, I mean there are people out there who will be like, no, there isn't, but <laughs> what can you you know, I think if we allow it, everyone, everything could be a teacher. And I'd rather, I'd prefer to have access to so many different meanings because it makes everything richer. You know, it makes everything yeah. so much more meaningful. And I think it opens up the world to more possibilities. Absolutely. Versus making us feel like things are not possible. And it's funny, the first thing that came to my mind when you started talking about all of this and like the being able to interpret things and move things forwards with the generations is <laughs> the, like all of our American literature that was the foundation of <laughs> our country's creation yeah. and how everyone's trying to say we can move forward versus no, we can't. And like, we have to like, in like the, the arguments of we have to, who was I listening to? I watched, uh, Maria, this is something else that you'll appreciate. I recently watched the RBG movie. Oh. You ever see the RBG movie? Mm-mm. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. I highly, I highly recommend it. It's, <laughs> I, on, it's on my list. It is on my list. I have to. And someone, I don't remember who, because I'm not somebody who is deeply versed in politics. Again, Maria, you're going to be really mad that you're not a part of this conversation. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I was listening to someone on there talk about how name Maria's gonna be so mad at me it's the person that is also was sitting on was sitting at the oh my god with her and she was best friends with him and they had very different stances oh the the justice um I can't remember his his name but he 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 was somebody who defends the fact that we need to look at all of our nations or like original documents and interpret them with the mindset of those people and continue right. to carry that forward. And RBG is totally the opposite of that. But they're still friends, which is great. Like they fight and they used to go to the opera all the time. Um, but I, that that's the first thing that popped into my head when you were talking about that because I think it- Scalia, Scalia. Yeah, I, I was something super Italian. Scali- sound, yeah. Scalia sounds really right. Maria, you might have to edit it so that we don't look like we don't know. And like fact check I generally don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if this is, is just totally wrong, Maria. Just <laughs> yeah, this is not this is not where my my brain treads water. Um, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> it's editor Maria. Um, no, they're right. It's it's Justice Scalia. Um, they got pretty much everything right. Uh, sans them forgetting his name, but we'll we'll give them a pass. 
but um, Aaliyah. it was just interesting because that's the bait. Like we can go all the way back to the basis of the foundation of what we talk about and how our country operates yeah. and everything that you just said. And it's, mm-hmm. we only create issue amongst ourselves when we refuse to see those other perspectives. It's not saying that you need to live by the perspectives or the interpretations of right. other people, but just being willing to accept them. Um, because like, it goes back to our, our, our hierarchy of basic human needs, right? People just need to be seen and accepted and, you know, and understood. You don't have to follow their shadow and do accept what they believe as your life by any means. It's just that you're acknowledging and validating them as a being at all, which in coming back to yoga, the whole reason of wanting to be a part of a yoga community is that you can leave all of the other things of your life at the door and just be accepted for the person you are when you walk in to be on the mat, regardless of any of that. Which is actually so not what, I think like the the opposing part of that community is what we were faced with there, right? Because it felt a little bit like mean girls. And I think that, right? Like, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, and I actually think, I'm grateful for that because I don't know, maybe we wouldn't have had, you know, the ground to meet. Yeah. It was, you know, that That way. That was definitely a basis for us. It's funny how lack of acceptance from others can bring people together (laughs) in just like a blanket way to, and this is not to, um, I don't think it was a lack of acceptance. It was just a, the both of us were very much, I know the type of person that I am and I know the type of energies of other people that I am willing to accept <laughs> to be around me. And we both had that to be able to say, no, no, thanks. No. Uh, and no. yeah. And you know, in such a weird, I think time for both of us that like, that it was so raw. <laughs> it was just like, I don't, I'm nope. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. There was a lot of, most of our conversations would, would be, and to give you guys a, a visual of this, Dara and I stood like two feet away from one another behind this tiny little desk because there was nowhere else for us to go. Um, having conversations that you would have in a, like a really cool coffee shop somewhere, like very comfortable and mellowed out, like the two of us behind this desk, just like, all right, well, this is what's happening now. Um, but no, we both walked into that place wanting nothing that we actually got there except our conversations and everything that we're talking about right now the conversations that we're having 100% are the conversations that we had with a lot of like this is what I experienced and like this is what I like my perspective and exactly what we've talked about too sharing perspectives Mm -hmm. we gave each other so much perspective in those hours yes and I still think I really do I still think about it so much so thank you no thank you so tell me more about I mean you went through, like, I was going through my journey. You were going through your journey. Tell me more about, like, where you, what has, I mean, because we haven't been together since our time. Like, we've been constantly texting each other and talking yeah. to each other over the years. Yeah. Um, but tell me more about what your journey's been like, because you were down, you were down south. You were hanging out with your family. Yeah, yeah. This has been, you know, for, for the the strange like journey I think that collectively we've all been on, regardless of how COVID has affected you personally, it's uh, given me a lot of time to go inside, which 
I'm so glad that I was able to, because I feel like I did something with the time. You know, like I, I really kept thinking like, this is like a yoga retreat. This is what people pay for. I have to do this. What a good mindset. Yeah, it, it was like, but then there were, you know, there were days where like, I, I had to keep reminding myself of it, not in a mantra way. I'm not really a mantra person, but it was like, you, you really want to come out of this having done something here. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time, you know, I spent time with my family and, uh, and I think learning like all the things that matter instead of, because there's so many things, there's so many people, there's so much yep. that you just, when you don't see them, they just aren't there. And that I think it's huge. It's a gift um, to know that because then I started thinking of all the time I've spent, you know, giving so much of myself to that, to things that didn't actually matter. Mm. Not, you know, I, and, and it, that I think realization helped me so much to start thinking about the things I, I really needed to think about that I wasn't. So you, know. you touched on, Oh, okay, we have to circle back to two things. I was writing down while you were talking. Um, first and foremost, I love, love, this is, these are the weird, like, Dara and I live very different lives. We are, like, like just, we are, for all the ways that we are different people, when it comes down to so many things, we think exactly alike, so I feel great about <laughs> asking you this right now. Yeah, yeah. When you say that you're not a mantra person, can we uncover that a little bit? Because I'm right there with you. <laughs> as much as I struggled to try to like, I've tried to commit to having mantras and like getting my mindset, but I really feel like it's like a day-to-day -day thing. Like it always is changing. So I, I, I'm so curious on what your, your thought okay. is on all of that. Well, I, I think that it, it does work for some people. So I'm not, you know, I get it, but this is for me, um, I'm, a, I'm all about language and, and the language the self-talk it's been such a huge part like the focus of what self-talk has done to all areas of my life like that for me is the basis of everything and for mantras for me it's almost like the inside of me and the mantra are like totally opposing and it and it feels like a lie like it feels like i'm lying to myself instead of reminding myself of what I should be thinking about. So for me, the mantra is the goal instead of repeating it. Because repeating it actually, it just makes me feel worse. It's like beating myself in, over the head. Reminding like, you not, of where you are not. Right, like if, if the mantra is like, I'm, I don't know, I'm smart, I'm smart. And, if, and my inside of me, it's like, well, if you have to keep saying you're smart, you're not. So what are you doing? You know, <laughs> and I, ha and mine is not, it's not the smart one. I have other ones, you know, but um, yeah, it just, it feel, it felt like, a f it felt like I was making it worse. What about you? Why don't, why don't you like them? Well, first and foremost, I've discovered over the last couple of years that I love that you brought up self-talk, that my self-talk is the scariest, the scariest version of me is the one that holds the microphone inside my head. Oh, I love that. I'm writing this down. <laughs> uh, that's the first thing that I learned. So when I, when I started doing, I was the same way. When I started thinking about mantras and trying to focus on, it's so funny because I just had a conversation about this a couple days ago too, but I started thinking about like how I wanted to drive that sense of like becoming and it would just make me, it depended on my mood on the day. There are some days where I could get up and I could be like, I have this whole list and it's so funny because I have it really literally like 
written, like, all of these information. On the inside of my planner, I have, like, all these affirmations and all these things that I say to myself. And um, I – it started out where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. But then if I try to say it on a day where I wake up and I'm not in a good mood, I'm just, like – I'm just saying it because I have to say it and there's no emotion behind it, which is going to do nothing for me anyway. Yeah. That, and I, like the whole thing, like you said, like you're lying to yourself and it's like, I, if I'm not saying it with the right type of like feels behind it, yeah. then what's the point? And, and to say like, you have to say this to yourself every day and you have to be in this place every day. It, it just led me back to like all of that toxic positivity that I would always pour in and tell myself like that sense of, (laughs) it's funny how I walked away from Catholic religion, but still carried all of the guilt into other things of my (laughs) life. Um, I would have a sense of like, well, you don't have to deal with this, right? You're unhappy, but look at all the things that you can still be grateful for. And instead of doing that in a way that was like self soothing to make me feel better, I would do it in a way that would be like, oh my God, you're a terrible person for being upset about this when you yes. don't have to deal with any of these things. Yes. And those mantras can fall into that. So mm-hmm. I've had to, if I'm in a place where I have, I, I know this, I get this like warm, fuzzy feeling in like the, the bottom of my chest. Mm-hmm. If I feel that sense of like, hmm, I can appreciate life and life is good, then I'll say those things. Yes. But I'm not going to say them if I feel like, like my swirlies of anger and I'm trying to calm myself down because then at the back of my head, I know that that terrible version of myself is just going to pick up the microphone and be like, you can say this all you want, but, and then it goes against the whole point of what we're doing. And I just had a conversation a couple days ago with somebody who's also like a, an arts person who's in the arts field. Um, we were having a conversation about the product versus process and I think that this so well aligns with the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we think because you can tell yourself a thousand times that you're happy, you're happy, you're happy. Like that's great and your process is there and I, I and your product is there and I believe in the power of, of spoken words and self-talk. Mm-hmm. But if there's nothing going on in the process to help you actually be happy, it doesn't matter how many times you're telling yourself you're happy. Exactly. Right. And then what is going to change? What does anything mean then? If you're somebody who's paying attention right? And you're lying and you're like saying things that don't matter. Then you're actually like creating a situation where like, does anything you say matter then? Why would you don't believe yourself when you say anything? And that's you talking to yourself. Like if you can't be honest with yourself, then core beliefs are never going to change. Like, you know, nothing's going to change. And that's what's feeding what you're, what's being said yourself. So it's, it's such a, it's such a cycle, but I love, I love what you're saying too, because when you do feel that, and, and I get the same, it's exactly like what you said, like the fuzzy, warm, like in your, in the pit, right? Like under your rib cage feeling like that, I, that is when I can say like, I'm, I'm actually grateful for this. And sometimes it's not, it's, it's not necessarily gratitude. It's like, wow, like I have this or whatever. And, and that I think feels so much better than a mantra because that is to me, like, it's, it's not like I'm convincing myself to, yeah. to get something, I have it. Like, I feel it. I have it. It's there. Um, you know, but I don't know the mantra. It can, I just, <laughs> I just feel like it connects to this really black, this black hole of things for me. And I'm at a point in my life where I'm super struggling with like the whole idea of being, I am a process oriented person. Mm-hmm. 
Like I 100%, I am like how you know I'm an art person. Like process is everything to me. Product is great. Yeah. I also don't 100% believe that there is a product because we're always in process. So it's become more and more of a struggle for me to grow up and be a process-oriented person in a product-oriented world. And I'm, (laughs) I am currently struggling, like with like the first of all the product of this wedding. The process for this process, this process sucks, guys. (laughs) Like I can't, (laughs) and it's not supposed to, which makes me angry. But that's the reality of it: is that it's very stress-inducing, and it's like a perfect example of how it's all focused on that day, right? It comes back to what I was saying earlier. Like I know it's just for that day and I want to get to that day so that it can be over. But that, that is so sad for me to feel that way. And I don't want to feel that way, but it's like, how do we manage the stress of having the product while also being able to find the value of the process when there are so many triggers in the process? (laughs) Maybe like, maybe it's the parts that keep you doing the hard stuff because it's all worth it. Maybe. I mean, I think, I I think like when you look at moments like weddings and planning them, there's like a separate part, right? Because the part for you is that you get to marry this beautiful human who you love so much and who loves you back. Right. But like the actual party part is not for you. And it's not for the fact that you love each other. The decision to be together is, is that. (laughs) So, so the product is, is actually not the reflection of the process that got you there. Yeah. That is such a, that is nail on the head. That is exactly why. And I think the biggest thing is I have to, and I think this is a good tip for life going forward for all of us is to remember that when those things, when those things don't align, and it, I, I appreciate you so much because I never would have thought of that on my own. So hello, guys. Perfect example of perspective. But I think it's so important that the anger that I've been feeling and the frustration that I've been feeling of all of that is all of my like my energies and everything in my life giving trying to give me a sign to be like, hey, this doesn't align. Like This is why you're mad. Like This doesn't make any sense yeah. to you. And sometimes it doesn't come up. Most of the things in our lives don't come up as like, truly black and white and clear to see these signs come up in so many different ways and you have to go through the you know the struggle bus of having to interpret all of them yeah this is why meditation is a wonderful thing which is another thing that I haven't done in a while but it we have so much more and everything that you were saying about like those feels I 100% believe that those feels are the moments when I'm connected to whatever that higher power is like There is nothing more like greater than thou than being able to have that moment of like, oh my goodness, this is real life. Like I'm so grateful for this. And even yeah. if it's fleeting, yeah. um, there's nothing more powerful than that to tell you that there's something bigger than you. Yes. And I think that not enough of us have those moments. And I think that the lack of having those moments, because I know when I don't have those moments consistently and for me I don't know about you but those moments come to me the most when I like am in nature and can appreciate nature I have that like greater sense but I feel like the further we get from having those those moments available to us the further we can sink into all those things that lead to like negative self-talk and and that lack of connection to other people and other things 
And it's hard. It's hard. I think that, I mean, for both of us, I think that both of us really just went to yoga because we, we, we knew where the things were that didn't make us feel good and were wanted to deepen the roots of connection to the things that did. Mm -hmm. I, and, and like, I, I, I don't know if I even know this part about you. How did you, how did you get to yoga to begin with? Injury. <laughs> Mine was <laughs> similar. <laughs> Injury. I think it, and I, I, looking back on it, I think it's funny because it wasn't just like the physical ailments that I was suffering from and all the things in my body that were just really just starting to revolt against me. I think I was also mentally injured and emotionally injured in ways that I didn't really understand. And it wasn't until I went into my yoga teacher training that like the floodgates opened and I was able to see that was my, that was my first step towards the mental, emotional like journey that I went on because it uncovered, talk about getting perspective. Like when you read the Bhagavad Gita and you read like the other, like I started going into Hindu philosophies and all of that after, because I was so curious when you start to read all of those things, it makes you feel less crazy. I don't know how I don't know how else to explain it, but like this, when you read about these characters that are like mythical beings that go through heavy human crisis, and you can relate to them, it makes you start to. It made me at least start to ask more questions and want to learn more and try to understand all of that, the human condition better. I and think that's to that. it, right. That's such a beautiful thing. I think because. Isn't that why why these things exist? Isn't part of like those questions, you know, look at literature, you know, look at the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? Thousands and thousands of years ago, they're asking the same questions we are now with all the information that we have. Which is, uh, which is, just brings up a bajillion questions that I have as, as to like, why are we still doing this? But it's things that we see, right? Even from decade to decade, right? And then you put in thousands of years. It's crazy to see these, like you said before, these cycles Mm -hmm. that keep happening. And uh, this is why I love science too. This is why I started to dive so much into body science is because the truth is like we, our brain needs that. Our brain needs something to hold on to. And if we don't give it something to hold on to that can have a positive influence on us, it's gonna grasp at whatever's there and everything else that's there kind of sucks. It's so true. <laughs> so, so true. Because our brains are made to technically problem solve, right? Like if right. we're if we're thinking of survival, it's problem solving. And yeah. so if you don't have something healthy to spin in there, what do you spin? Right? Yeah, that's when I think like for me especially, like that's when I start like kicking my own ass and I'm I'm done with that. <laughs> I'm, it's a work in progress, but I'm yeah. done with that. Oh, I, yeah. I don't do that kind of work anymore. <laughs> I've accepted the lifelong journey of just being able to put my own gloves down when it comes to fighting myself. But yeah, that I, is think it. That, I think that's where yoga was an unintentional thing for me. It was something that came into my life and had immense impact and I never expected or intended it to. Mm-hmm. but I'm immensely grateful that it did. Yeah. Wow. Wait, wait, when you say injury, wait, were you, oh no, you were dealing with stuff too. I rem- I'm remembering because I'm remembering when we were taking classes yeah. now. Well, I mean, mine was like more a mental injury. <laughs> um, 
but I had just come out of a relationship with, with somebody with a, a, a narcissistic personality. And what that means when you have your own um, understanding, you know, of their existence, it's like almost like I lost, I totally lost who I was to, to deal with this person in my life. And I, and so I kept getting these like little things like go to yoga. Like it was the weirdest thing. Like somebody left on somebody that I work with, this dear friend left on my, on my desk, this thing, it said, um, head bowed, hands clasped, heart open. And I had already like been thinking about yoga. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe I should go to yoga. Like everybody says that, you know? And then there was like all these like small things that it kept coming up. And then I walked into my office and that's just sitting there. I didn't know who, who's, and I was like, and that was like the deciding factor after I, I think like there was like, you know, 10 or 12 things that, that kept coming up. And I remember thinking the word surrender, like I remember that was what I wanted. And I sat on this mat and I, in my first class and, and there was uh, on the wall, there was like this saying about, you know, um, you have to like, let go uh, essentially and trust. And, and I was like, it all, it, it was, it was like, it all was supposed to happen. Right. Like it felt like that, not. I don't think it's like magic, but I think that what I needed, and, and I think when you're somebody who pays attention to yourself, you kind of see the signs in, oh, in yeah. different areas. Um, but what I needed, like I, I found immediately, and I actually felt, I remember, like I felt like I surrendered for on, the, on it for the first time. Like the first time it was like something came out of me. And then after every time, it, it was like, in, it was like things kept coming up that I didn't even, they weren't even coming up in in speaking, which words, writing, you know, reading, that's where I normally go to yeah. for all my information. And it wasn't there. So, you know, in different things. And as I was learning, I, I just like couldn't believe all the things that were inside me that I, I had no access to before yoga. Wow. And then you. <laughs> and then you. So it's amazing how experiences can change I don't want to say change us but it's like they can create access to a version of ourselves that we didn't know existed before yes yes and like I said before there are so many times when versions of ourselves that are created without it's like the whole system runs on autopilot and you don't even have the ability to recognize what's being put together until it starts to talk to you yeah. Um, or like step out to be your representative in different situations, but that's amazing that you, I'm so happy that that happened. Me too. <laughs> that you figured it out. And I, I, and I, I, I wish that we would start marketing yoga based on everything that you just said, instead of the ways that we do, um, <laughs> Or like just, I mean, and not to take away from the, the physical postures and the asana of yoga, because it is really important. It's a part of the limbs, but it's literally just one. And just like the legs of a table, if you take one out, you're not, you have no foundation to stand anymore. Like you That's, you know, I, I love that. I love that you just said that. I love everything you just said. <laughs> and I love, I love that. I always think of the Mulan quote because you had you introduced me. To that I was quote. obsessed with that during that time of 
Oh my God. Well, it's funny because I was, I was, I had just applied for a promotion this year and I, uh, as I was applying for it, the song that came on, um, it was technically last year, but the academic year, but um, it was the remake. It was like 20 years later of uh, the reflection song from Mulan that Christina Aguilera sang. Oh yes. Yeah. And I remember I was, I was typing, you know, the application and I, and I was actually like writing about who I was when that song first came out. Right. So I was listening to it and I was like listening to how different she sang it and, and what she had must have gone through. Like you could hear her difference from then to like, you know, now. And I was like, that is right. And so today I put it on cause I was just thinking of it. Like, cause I was thinking of you and Mulan and I was like, that's so weird that it, it keeps going back to that movie. <laughs> like it's so, it's so good. So thank you for telling me that. I, you are, you are so welcome. But it's just, it's, and those are the moments, right? Like, that's another thing about teaching, too, is those are the moments that, like, you don't, I don't step into anything that I do in any type of si teaching situation going, this is exactly what's going to happen because I have no idea. You know, like, this, right. is, why, this right. is why SGOs and lesson plannings are great, but I could tell you what the outcome is of my teaching and what I expect of my, whoever is my student in that moment, and then they're going to give you a completely different response at the end. Absolutely. That's just the way that that's just the way that it works. It should all be of those experiences. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think that I think at the end of the day and like summation of everything we talked about today, I think the most important thing that we can do is whatever we take on, whatever we get in any type of learning situation that we are in is to just try to pay it forward. Yeah. Because I think the two like the two of us have Every good thing that happens to the both of us, or anytime we have a moment, we always try to just share it with one another, um, because, and like to reflect on it together. And I think that we need more people in our lives to do that with. And I have to tell you that, like my my ability to be able to do that with you and share, and even those like maybe far and like few in between moments, the connection that I have with you as a like not even as a person, like as a spirit, as like an energy, as a person is so valuable to me because I don't get to do that with a lot of other people. Right. And sometimes being human gets in the way of being able to do that with other people. That's and so it's like having the people that you don't have to, you can be more than human with, whatever that means. Um, just to remind you that there's there's more than what you're experiencing and that other people are dealing with it too and you're together in all of that which is kind of the summation of why we have this podcast so maria look i made a yeah I made a big circle um <laughs> that's that thank you for saying that and and i actually i have to give both of us credit i think for that time because we both i think made a decision to be pretty vulnerable right like yeah. we we didn't have to be we were total strangers sitting very close together and yeah. instead of like being you, you know, because I think we were in a community also of like people who were who were almost like against each other, right? Competing, and and we just both didn't like we we just went full vulnerable. And I think there's such a gift in in sharing your vulnerability yeah. with, with people. So you were probably honestly one of the first people. I uh, I may be a little too open and forward with people these days, but you were probably <laughs> one of the first people that I was like, you know what? We're just gonna go for it. Yeah. We're just gonna say it. And it like and look at the. 
Uh, do you know who Brene have you? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I've been losing my voice, and every once in a while, it just completely goes out. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. And all of her like vulnerability research, I've been going very deeply into all of that. Um, but she's right in everything that she says. Like That first moment of being vulnerable with you allowed me to do that with a lot more people. And then my experience of just being human is better because of that. Me too. So everybody yeah. just go do that more. Go take a yoga class. See who you meet. Maybe don't, maybe, well, maybe don't take a class. Well, I don't know. Find a place <laughs> that works for you. Find a good community to take a class with. And just find people that you can... And you want to know what the, the God's honest truth about why I felt like I could be vulnerable was because when we got there, when I showed up to that place, I knew no one. And I was like, these people, these circles. And then oddly enough, um, some people that go to the studio ended up being people that I like know somebody that I know. So whatever. But like I went in there with like, I don't know these people. I'm going to see them once a week. We're going to have some conversations. It's going to be really casual. So I can be myself and say whatever I need to say. And it was a really good thing. It's a freeing thing to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, it really. What comes of it? So many years later, we're still having the conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So the only other thing that I really, I want you to be able to talk about everything that you do with all your gluten-free stuff, because I think Uh that, I think that there's not enough understanding. I think that there's a mass, you know, confusion um, (laughs) and miscommunication about it. And I want, and I know that you, you do your due diligence to make sure that you're being honest about all of it. So I want people to be able to connect with you through all of it. Well, uh, so I have celiac disease. And um, when I was diagnosed, so I was diagnosed in 2007. So things were different back then. Like there weren't, um, there wasn't as much attention to gluten-free anything. Um, I never heard of celiac disease before somebody told me I had it. But the way that I found out was like, the doctor called me and, and after, I mean, this is after my entire life of not feeling good. And I was, I was just, you know, my, my doctors kept telling my parents, like, she's anxious. She's a hypochondriac. Like, and, and I started to believe them because why wouldn't you, right? right. They should have asked more questions, but I believed them. And so every time, like, I, I felt like I never felt good. I was afraid to eat when I was younger. Like I had gone through all these things and and I was just like, well, obviously, like I'm like, I felt like, oh, I'm making it up, which is uh, so tied to what we were just talking about. Right. The worst thing you can do to a person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and and actually like such a gift in, in, in then understanding like what you're giving up to somebody who gaslights you. Right. So it's like it, it all came together uh, very nicely, especially when I learned how to take care of myself with it. So a doctor called me and, um, and said, and you know, it it was such a crazy time. I had, my grandmother had just started, I was doing my graduate thesis and, and I had done, I did an endoscopy right after her funeral. And the doctor was like, you have celiac disease. Um, I'm going to be away. This is no joke. Like I'm going to be away for 11 days. You can make an appointment if you want to. Um, but you know, you can look at everything online and that was it. And I, and I was like, I don't even know what this means. Like, thanks. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I looked it up and I, in that moment, stopped eating gluten, like in that very moment. Yeah. And like, it's like straight up out of fear, right? Which is like a (laughs) terrible, that's a terrible thing. Another terrible thing you can do to a person. Talk about trauma. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, and it was then that I, I met, so I learned about community then because there were so few people 
that when I did finally meet someone who had celiac disease in their family, they, they like introduced me to so many things like brands and processes and all these things. And I went to um, a doctor in New York who specialized in it and had nutritionists. So I really started doing a lot of research about it uh, to understand what it meant to, to take care of it because it's an autoimmune disease. And, um, and then throughout this whole time, it like all of a sudden becomes trendy, which is so weird because, you know, when it becomes trendy, it's not safe for people who really need it. Yeah. You know, that's so that's such a good guys go back and listen to what she just said again. <laughs> um, so, so restaurants that are like, oh, this is gluten-free pizza, but it's like, it's, it's not, um, gluten-free for me. So why are you, why are you making it for people who don't need it? Like what a waste of everyone's money. So, and time, but, um, so I try to, you know, I, I try to share on, on Instagram, what I'm learning, um, and how gluten affects so many things. So, so I've, I've been totally gluten-free since then. Um, and I'm so grateful for it because it taught me to trust myself. It, I knew I, there was something wrong. Um, it changed everything, but it had affected everything about me too. Like every part of me, my brain fog, my skin, my, my weight, my hair, my, my eyes, like you just wouldn't believe my mouth, things that like you walk around with. I'm sure, I'm sure so many people walk around with things that bother them that they're so used to that they think this is just how you're supposed to feel, you know? And, and I learned all these things that I was living with because people weren't listening to me. And it wasn't my parents, they were taking me to the doctors, but the yeah, doctors- the people that you were told you should listen to, this goes back to- Exactly. Back to the way that Brittany talked about the medical field in a previous episode. <laughs> so, so actually, I think it's really important. And I'm so glad that we can talk about this because it's so related to that self-talk thing, right? Like you, I learned in my life and, and I, you know, I have the greatest therapist and she talks, she taught me like how to talk to myself because I didn't know how. Mm. And in her, in her conversations, like she'd ask me questions about things that like, you know, I grew up in the nineties and, and, you know, I was young and, and listening to things and watching 90210 and, and, and seeing what love meant when it was like Dylan McKay abusive. And that's the dream. And the woman deals with all of this and, you know, and it, it was different than, than the, the things that I was seeing at home, which were not like that at all. So, right. I, you know, I'm skewed and I have all these things, but I learned somehow through all my experiences that like what I thought felt good and exciting was actually like my fight or flight instinct, like, which was like, go run. Constantly, constantly on, right? You're constantly, constantly. hitting that tuning fork. Exactly. That yes. was me. Tuning fork. And I sometimes still is me. Yeah. Yes. You're, yep. Yes. It's so funny that you said that because I wrote down tuning fork before because I couldn't think of it for two days. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Um, I love when these things happen. Yeah, but so, so I, you know, and I'm like, how did I miss that? How did I not understand what I felt myself? But I think, of, I mean, I didn't physically understand how I felt. I didn't emotionally understand what my body was telling me. Right. And, and the self-talk part, like, you know, and all the mantra things and the ways that we lie to ourselves and the things that we feel shame about, um, all of that is so related to taking care of yourself and, and knowing, you know, like the right questions to ask doctors. So when I talk about, um, you know, I talk about 
gluten-free and, and celiac and autoimmune, but it's so much more than that. And I, I'm really focused on making sure that people know the difference between gluten-free, like fun stuff and, and what it really means to be and how to live gluten-free. Yeah. You know? and, and what it means for, what it means for your existence. Yeah. And like, it's not for everyone. No. And it's, and it's just, and you don't, we had um, someone on uh, the show previously named Alexis, who is also somebody who suffers with autoimmune. Um, she has ulcerative, or I'm not even, never going to say this right, UC, so it's not going to come out of my mouth properly. Sorry, Alexis. Um, yeah. So she's had issues too. And then she also had a crazy episode of getting a really rare condition that paralyzed her because she has autoimmune wow. stuff going on. Um, oh and it's, it is so, this is the, this is why I love what you said about things being trendy and mm -hmm. like it being cool to do certain things um, and how much it sucks to be dealing with something while all of that is happening because then you're like, no, I'm not trying to be trendy. Like I actually have something going on with my body and the way that our society just fucks it up for us <laughs> to like just try to deal with what we're experiencing in our lives i think that there's so much more miscommunication that happens yeah than, yeah than honest truth just for the sake of a dollar or a couple yes. of dollars oh my and god i know personally that i i know next to nothing about all of that i i actually know more people who have given themselves gluten issue like cannot eat gluten anymore and have to go gluten free because they stopped eating gluten yeah and then their body built up an intolerance and being able to handle it and they started having those reactions when they started up again and like i know examples of being the misinformed and creating a health issue for yourself versus like this is why we actually started doing this for people that have issues yeah and of all of the things that we study in the body I think that it's really, really funny that one of the things that we misunderstand the most is like our digestion, when our digestion is 70% of all of the other major functions that happen, especially considering your immunity. Yeah. Everything in terms of your health and your quality of life and the way that you're gonna live stems from that area. And I say this as a person who's struggled so much with like my digestive, is like my digestive issues right. um, and being a person who had to go from like literally downing cheeseburgers in seconds to now I can't eat red meat anymore. And then having all of that happening during the like, oh, it's cool to be a vegetarian now. Like, <laughs> and still having to make sacrifices. Like even within the past couple of weeks, there are days where even the vegetarian option, the vegetarian option is gonna make me more sick than eating a chicken nugget would. So That's I'm just gonna it. eat a chicken nugget because, because I can't eat whatever mass-produced garbage is in the vegetarian option or yeah. like oh we're gonna give you vegetables but these vegetables are not good right yeah. they're like undercooked they're really greasy they're they're like they're um i had situations where i've gotten vegetables that have been like dying like they're 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 not healthy like why are you feeding this and it just yeah it just makes you i have i mean i i can't imagine I like there's gluten in everything just like there's peanuts and I like Maria actually was in the last episode we were talking about how now she has a peanut allergy and she eats peanuts all the time um 
there's just so much that we don't understand and I respect you and I I love following everything you do on Instagram because I know nothing about this area so just being being able to be in support of understanding someone else's journey yeah I think it's important and if, there, if we can't take on perspective for anything else just being able to take on perspective with that intention yeah yeah it's gonna change the way because you never know right you could be somebody who who shares some information and then like you said like you met somebody who had a family member like somebody who has a kid who yeah. ends up having celiacs could find your site and find all of this information to help keep their family member safe and yeah. you that could inspire somebody to make something right that helps people who have so, like you really never know and, and it, it's yeah. the important like the again you're taking on the role of teaching people well, I appreciate that because that really was the goal of even creating that Instagram. You know, it's not for like influencing. It's more because of what that community did for me, right? They took me in and they showed me what to do because I didn't, you were talking about paying it forward before, but I really had no idea. And it wasn't like, you know, 2007, yeah, I was able to Google things, but it wasn't quite, you know, what it is now. Yeah. Um, now you can find like blogs that are dedicated to all of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's truly, and, and the people that I meet on there still amaze me, still teach me, still, you know, inspire so much. And I think it's true with all food allergies, but, but food allergies can come on so quickly that we all really should be paying attention to what it means and what we feel, because it is, like you said, digestion is such a huge and what thing. we're eating. That's the thing. Yeah, that I probably should have said celiac, what celiac disease is way earlier, but celiac disease, you know, it's when the, the celia um, the hair-like structures on your intestines, like they carry out the nutrients to your blood and your body attacks them when you eat gluten. So, so by the time I had gone to the doctor and knew, you know, what was going, I looked like a very different person and everything, you know, my body just like was not working, <laughs> like nothing was working. It was in total survival mode. And we now like you know you were saying that about vegetables think about the things and the way that your intestines work to to feed your body i don't think you know i don't i never thought about that stuff before but now that i do it's like wow when you put things in there you got to you got to really be careful and treat treat yourself <laughs> listen to yourself it's i feel like i'm going to have the struggle for the rest of my life with when it comes to food because the way that we're taught about food and then being in a journey of understanding nutrition could mm. not be more opposing. <laughs> like the yeah. way that we look at food and the way that food's marketed to us and the way that food is, even in communities, the way that food is yes. kind of built into our lives and planned out in our lives and, and readily accessible to us versus what nutrition really is and the, the true meaning behind why we eat and what we eat mm -hmm. they couldn't they couldn't be more opposite they really couldn't it's yeah. it's kind of disgusting and i'm telling you like i'm full i'm saying this to everybody as like being a person who literally is going through um like an episode of having to deal with what has still been truly undiscovered of what is wrong with my stomach um like it, it is so hard to live your life and be at a point where you need to eat something and the things that are available to you, you're like, I'm going to just pick the least evil in the moment that I can yes. have. Yep. That's and it. Being seen as being inconvenient. Yes. 
to deal with it. Oh my gosh. Yes. And like, like, you know, I, I remember when I first, um, started, I first started at my job. So I was diagnosed right before I started my, my job and they would always like have food and things at, um, meetings. And I remember somebody saying like, Oh, like what she's not, you know, it's not good enough for her. And it's like, no, it's, it's not, it's not that, but then you're like making excuses. So there's that boundary thing. And that's that self-talk thing, because you're letting what you think other people think of you, or even what they're saying about you dictate how you take care of yourself. And you can't, that's not a trade that you can make. And the, what, what I struggled with personally is that, and I still have this issue and I have to get it out of my head sometimes when I'm literally about to eat with other people is that I grew up being known for eating everything and eating a ton of it. Wow. Like that is how, and then, and like, this is not really relevant, but I would always get, there was always like the third part of like, she can eat whatever she wants and not have to gain weight. And I'm very lucky that like, I, I haven't had, I've been on the malnourished end and like not been aware of it um, more than the, uh, the opposite side of that. But I always had those three voices in my head. Whenever it came to eating out or about to eat, I was always told, you have to eat this whole thing. You need to make, make it look as the easiest thing possible. And wow. you have to be ready to eat more. Like it, that it's, is hard. That's, and it's disgusting. But that, and this isn't like, this isn't like a, like a blame the game for me to say like, um. I, I allowed that to happen. That's the message that I started to repeat in my head. And it would get to the point where at the worst of my stomach issues, like I would go to Chipotle and down two Chipotle burritos. And like, those are the size of my head. And I would be massively sick after and not be able to cope with the fact that like, okay, you need to eat that. And now like decade later, I am just now getting to the, to the understanding of like, I need to restrict my portions yeah, and eat a lot less because my stomach can't handle that. And that's okay. Um, but I still, like, I literally went out to eat last night with a bunch of people that I work with and couldn't eat. I got, like, a sandwich and, like, some sweet potato fries. And I had to let the server. And I was like, you can't take this home. Because if you reheat it, you're not going to, you're going to devour whatever's left. Because yeah. your brain's going to tell you, you have to eat. Like, how dare you not have eaten this when someone brought it out on a plate to you? You need to eat the rest of this now. Mm-hmm. So I had to hold myself back when the server was like, oh, do you want to take this home or are you done? And I, there was most of my plate was still covered in food. Wow. And in my head, I had all of those alarms going off. Like you need to eat this. You need to eat this. You need to eat. You're not done eating. Keep eating, keep eating. But it's so hard when you have any foundation of your relationship with food. And then that has to change because you experience something. And this is like with any part of your body. I experience this all the time when it comes to movement too, as, as I'm getting older and dealing with all of the injuries that I didn't address when I was younger. Um, it's that's where that self-talk becomes so important and if we don't have the capabilities or the support to be able to build the boundaries before all of those things get through yeah we are constantly sending armies in to like retract those guys and try to send them out so I love I love what you just shared I think it's so important right because we come at this thing this idea of weight and bodies from two totally different sides of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we all look at people 
through our own lenses of what we've been through, right? So like when I'm like, wow, she's so lucky, like, look, she could eat all that. And, you know, and you're like, no, but like, this is how I got to this point. Yeah. Now we look at, at, at restaurants and food industry. And I think it was Demi Lovato, but I'm, I'm really not sure if it was her that started this conversation. I just know it like somebody sent me like a, a bunch of posts that she had shared, but um, what are we doing to other people, right? Who aren't dealing with specific issues um, or, or digestion issues, but now are seeing gluten-free, vegetarian, like um, these restricted things, are we now introducing them to new issues they wouldn't have had, Yeah. right? Because we're bringing this out and then they're like, oh, I should be eating differently. Um, you know, and this costs more. So that must mean it's better for me, which then feeds the cycle all over again, because somebody who just says I need this gluten-free and doesn't like go to the hospital after it is, is telling this restaurant that it's okay to mistreat people who need it. Don't say that. Right. So there's, there's body issues and money issues and, and, and attention. I just can't believe it. The way that as a human, we like have this double-sided coin of like needing to have a sense of independence and like our self-understanding versus being able the the innate desire to be a part of a community and the ways that we choose to fuck that up (laughs) yeah (laughs) literally just for emphasis there um the things that are very deeply personal and our unique individual experiences like yoga like self like preservation like food our relationships with food the things that need to be uniquely individual to us for our own talk about survival but for ourselves to flourish yeah it gets flipped to the other side of the coin and being a communal thing and it's hard when you know so much of our culture has a lot to do with that but when we're talking about it on a grand scale of our entire society you can't play connect the dot whenever you want to and change it up and say because you're right it's it's we're just confusing ourselves and the worst part about all of this is that in the long run of it we're killing ourselves yeah mm-hmm. because we're playing this game and it, it's it's not it's not a there's it's a win lose situation and the lose is that we're literally costing ourselves our lives and our yeah our ability to exist well it's true. Existing well. <laughs> I love that phrase. Like existing. It's That's just, an important phrase. And, and I think that it's just, it's so hard because I wish that people could take the, 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 what it's supposed to look like on the outside out of, out of it. I feel like we either need to have like GoPros attached to us 24 seven so that people really <laughs> see all of it. Um, because it's so hard to, and I see, I struggle with this myself, which is why another reason why Marie and I wanted to start this podcast is because we both have so much stuff that we deal with in our lives and we're having conversations that, I mean, like you and I have been having these conversations, um, but we wanted to invite other people into them because so many of the things that I do in my life, people just see snippet, 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 snippet. And it is utterly impossible to give somebody the whole picture because they're not you. Even me and Dan, right? Even me and my fiance, like he, he doesn't have a, I'm, he's putting pieces of a puzzle together that he's, he's missing pieces of my puzzle because he doesn't, he's not me. That's exactly. And it's so hard to be able to communicate all of that to others. And, and I think that it's a beautiful thing that you 
have been able to take the experience that you've had with everything with celiacs and you've been able to put it into a perspective that's saying, I just want you to have more information than I had. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I thanks. just want you to be better off than I was. <laughs> yeah. I well, that's like, right. This is, goes right back to the beginning of that conversation. If you have more perspectives, you don't stay sta- static, right? Yeah. Like you don't say st- stay stagnant. It's, and it's so nice to think that one day, like people who have celiac disease won't have to plan. Like it, for me, it's like, I can't just go somewhere. You know, I can't just like go on vacation. <laughs> I can't just go out with my friends without knowing like where we're going to go or my family or, or on a date. Like it's, and it always feels you said before, like, it's like, I'm being difficult. Well, we have to figure out where we're going to go. And I have to talk to the waiter and I have to be like, waiter, look me in the eye and tell me you understand. <laughs> we're going to the hospital together if this isn't going to work out. And, um, and I think that I, you know, I, I think that there's a real discussion that has to happen with everybody, right? The people who work at restaurants, the people who are feeling crappy about something else, you know, that has to do with digestion. And the more we we give our own experiences, the more other people won't have to feel like that. And I and that's why, like, I'm so glad that you shared that too, because I think there are so many people, and I've I've talked to so many people about weight issues because I've had them forever, and. I think that people don't know that every body type has their own weight issues, right? And I love what you just shared because it was so important because everybody's going through it. So instead of putting up walls and being like, oh, she doesn't understand, she's got this body or, oh, she's got this body, she doesn't know. um, We're all really in it together, right? We come to the same places. That's right. That's the thing that we have to, I think you just took my rant about the coin and made it more succinct to the point is that we get to form a community in the fact that we're all having a different individual experience. Yeah. Yeah. And the community can be based on the fact that we can have conversation about each of our unique experiences and see what knowledge we can build to put forth together. Yes. If, if you're vulnerable, because if not, it's the high and, yeah. and the part, right? The highlight reel that everybody shares is such bullshit. I'm so sick of that. Like, I want to see, I want to see the fuck ups. I want to see like how people really feel when they poke themselves in the eye from the mascara they're showing on there. You know, like that's, that's what I was just looking at. But I'm so like, like, cause I, I like one, it, it makes me wonder if like, are my mornings so different from everyone else's? Cause everything looks so good. And I'm like frantic and frazzled and all over the place here and there. And, um, you know, I think having these conversations always shows me the other side, like that it's not, I'm not the only one with, with body issues. I'm not the only one who's thinking I'm difficult. I'm not. And, and there's such power in, in knowing like, you know, that you're not, not only that you're not alone, but like, for me, it's like, you're not that special. Like, right. Like you're just another human being going through this. We're just the here. Same, yeah. The same wind <laughs> that blew through, you know, Chaucer's hair is blown through mine. And there's such oh, comfort in that for me. Like right. It. Like nothing crazy is happening here that like, isn't, isn't fixable. <laughs> so, right. and that's, I think the reality that most of us, the reality that most of us need is that and I needed this perfect example when I lost my issue when I lost Maja was that I felt so alone in all of that 
And all my self-talk did was make me feel more alone about it because I was so, no one else had that relationship with her, right? So I got so deep into the fact of like that loss and like not having her anymore that I was isolating myself from everybody else. And what I lost in that was that, and I have a really good friend who happened to also lose a cat, had like a very similar situation at the end towards me. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with her that I was super not prepared for. Like, I couldn't put my walls up before she started talking to me. So thank God for her. Um, she brought all of this to my to my face and was talking about all of this. And that was the only time that I was like, oh, my God, like, you're not alone. Because every other person who's had a pet who felt who's felt this type of loss that you're feeling, different experience, but same types of, like, same yeah. circle essentially right we're walking a different way through it but same circle yeah and that's why you're here right like there's like a weird gift in feeling that pain i i heard glennon doyle say this and it stayed with me because it was a version of what my mother tells me and has told me my whole life that the pain that you feel when you lose something is the receipt of what you you had and you know so it's such a gift i think to be able to have loved that much to have a with an animal who, you know, they're such little mirrors and they bring so much to like your existence and your day. And I, I think that, you know, what you have is full. And I think like how lucky that your human experience is filled with that love and that loss that you get to keep that's yours. Yeah. And it's so, it's when all, with all those things, and this is another thing that Brene Brown talks about all the time is how we don't make space for people to actually be able to experience their grief or there are anything other than anger. We don't make space for any of that. Yes. Um, but it's crazy how when we get uncomfortable, right, and we don't want to show that vulnerability and we find ways to isolate, we pull ourselves away from exactly what it is that we need in our communities. Right. And oh, true. It's, it's this odd, right, this is odd irony of being a human person and, like, having to deal with the difference between, like, mind and self and all that fun stuff that also connects back to yoga but the the I feel like the basis of like so much of the stuff that we've talked about today is just there is a sweet spot that we have to constantly live in that yeah. is owning up to your personal experiences and being able to tackle it and having to be by yourself in that right like you yes. you can't share in a unique experience with somebody else you can't you can't give your eyeballs or your body to somebody else. You, you just have to be in that. But yeah, being able to make a connection in the fact that we can talk about having those experiences and then building communities around that yeah. without, like you said, making it something about like, I'm gonna like one up you constantly because I've been in those situations, those are fun. <laughs> um, being able to come into it vulnerably, yeah, express and then receive also. Yeah, not worrying about like, I think the rejection part of it or like the the parts that like we feel shame about, those are the parts that make us human enough to share it, right? Like those are the things. And and I it took me a long time, a long time, but I'm seeing that that's where, that's the sweet stuff that I wanna know about. Like, I wanna know how you dealt with that. And that's what allowed us to connect. It wasn't the like, oh, I'm really good at, you know. <laughs> Like, the both oh, of us were really, like, this oh. is really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I think that, and that, that's yeah. what, yeah. the willingness to give that up and have that be the first thing that we serve to one another, I think allowed yeah. us to 
lead to more of these conversations. I agree. And I, you know what, guys, go find a stranger and tell them, you know, give them your stuff, right? Yes. Let them, and then be like, let's have an exchange of stuff. I love that. Things are beautiful, and you never know. Yeah. You never know what's going to come of them. It's true. It's true. And I love that everything goes back to what we talked about, right? Like information and yoga and community and vulnerability. You hear my puppy? Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm so, I'm so glad that we can have this conversation because we all do really need a lot from ourselves and a lot from each other. And I think if we could be honest with ourselves, we could find those people too. Yeah. About what those things really are. And that's the part of the process that is hard process that helps the product there you go amen <laughs> touche all right guys that was that was it we're gonna stop right there because that was beautiful it was so nice to see you we'll have to find a day now that you're back up here that we yeah we'll go to get together and hang out and we should we should form like a an us and then see if there are others that would join us and make yes. it like a real thing where we i would love like, it maria you like have a, we'll have like a real life energy exchange and we'll call okay. something else and we'll well, just a bunch of people to join us and they'll be the whole thing i love that idea I love it too. Thank you so much for this conversation. I needed it. Me too. Tell everybody how they can connect with you. Follow oh, you, find me on Instagram. I am at with love, not gluten. Literally just summarizes everything we just talked about, which is wonderful. But all of that information will be um, in the, the the credit stuff that Maria writes up for the show. So, so thank you, Maria. Nice it was so nice to see you. Thank you for this and for all of our conversations that led to this and the ones that will follow. Yeah. Well, give your puppy a hug for me. I will. Sure he'll I be thrilled will. when he actually gets to, I know, when he gets to get out. Um, mm -hmm. And I am sending you hugs and I want to hear more about the wedding thing. So keep me Oh, focused. yes. I definitely will. There's lots to come on that for everybody. So thank you guys so much for joining us on thank this episode. You. And we will see you next time. Bye.